Welcome, baseball fans, to this edition of the Banished to the Pen podcast. I'm Brandon Lee, contributor and social media guy for Banished to the Pen, a group blog for fans of the Effectively Wild podcast. I am not your regular host, Ryan Sullivan, baron of all baseball podcasts, but he will return next time. What follows is the first edition of the Banished to the Pen podcast recorded with all participants in person in a single automobile parked in a McDonald's parking lot across the street from Wrigley Field. On the show today are myself, Alex Crisofulli, currently of Washington, D.C. and visiting Chicago for the Easter holiday, and Eric Roseberry, currently of Lafayette, Indiana, who made the drive up to Chicago just to record this podcast. Topics on the show include, but are not limited to, the start of the 2015 baseball season, opening day traditions, hopes for this upcoming year, trends in men's legwear, and some banished to the pen medinus that includes a possibly incorrect Legend of Zelda reference. Please forgive this Sistulian introduction. The Banished to the Pen podcast begins right now. Hello! Welcome to this edition of the Banished to the Pen podcast. My name is Brandon Lee, and uh, I'm here joined by... Uh, joined by Who am I joined by today, you guys? I am Alex Crisofoli. I am a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Um... That's about all that's interesting about me. <laughs> uh, I am Eric Roseberry. I drove two and a half hours to be sitting in a car with these two. So, and let me let me just establish this. I'm Brandon. <laughs> my, my name is Brandon Lee. I'm a Cubs fan. So this is kind of like a National League Central podcast. There you go. I suppose. Yeah, National League yeah. Central podcast. Yeah. And how appropriate that we are sitting outside <laughs> of Wrigley Field. And uh, and uh, I guess I, I should specify this. We are sitting in the McDonald's parking lot across the street from Wrigley Field in Brandon's car. So if we are, if we are taking this from a, uh, from an effectively wild perspective, um, it, it, it only took us about four months to, uh, to record an episode in person, which is great because it took Ben and Sam, uh, what, three years to record an episode in person. Um, but, uh, it, it took us much, much longer to record an episode in a car. Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited to have direct access to bathroom breaks and milkshakes, I would say. Ooh, yes, bathroom breaks and milkshakes, this is, this is very true. And, uh, you know, we were going to originally just record this sitting outside in the, uh, you know, outside of the McDonald's, but, but you know what's happening across the street? Lots and lots of construction, because there are no bleachers at Wrigley Field right now. They are building them. And, uh, and it, it is not possible for us to sit outside and record a podcast without there being jackhammers in the background. Anyway, that is a nice segue into what's happening this weekend, which is opening day. And, well, really opening night, because the Cubs and Cardinals are kicking it off tomorrow night. Well, it's Saturday when we're recording this, so tomorrow night, uh, Sunday night. Uh, for the first game of the year, what what do you guys think of there being an opening night? Um, How, uh, if, yeah, so like uh, the fact that we're we're playing the first game of the year at seven o'clock on a, a Sunday, as opposed to say opening day, as opposed to say opening day, game in the morning. Yeah. Um, well, I don't have a problem with it. I I'm just happy baseball is here again. Um, 
as much as I love everything else that's happened this past month, like these countdowns to when like pitchers and catchers report oh. or spring training just doesn't do it for me. Like I had a guy on my Twitter feed who had a countdown to when pitchers and catchers report. Oh, and then the day they reported had a tweet with fireworks going off. And I love I love baseball, but I'm not getting that excited about I don't think I can imagine anyone being that excited about pitchers and catchers reporting to where fireworks are going off somewhere in, in their head or outside or wherever wherever that's happening. But um, yeah, I'm fine with it. I I like I've always liked the idea of day baseball for opening day. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, whatever. It's just one game, um, mm-hmm. and the important thing for me is that it's back. Yeah. And, and Eric, do you have strong feelings about this? Because Cincinnati, for the longest time, used to have the first game of the year. It was in the morning. It was in Cincinnati. It's my understanding that schools, like, it was a school holiday, so the kids didn't have to go to school. Um, you know, how, how do you feel about there being a, a night game, and, you know, does that take something away from Cincinnati? Well, it's a travesty, because that's the Reds game, <laughs> and it hurts even more that it's the Cardinals and the Cubs. And so... <laughs> I mean, I'll watch it. I'll put up with it. Um, I don't know if it should count or not, but it's... I feel like, before you know it, the DH is going to be in the NL, and all the tradition's going to be gone, and it's just one more step. So. You know what? Not not only will the first game not be played in Cincinnati, but who knows? It Maybe someday it will involve a designated hitter. It's a lot to take. It's... <laughs> Sorry, Matt Trueblood. <laughs> Sorry, Matt Trueblood. Sorry, Matt, wherever you are. But but congratulations, he's having a he's having another baby. Matt, oh. or, Matt's, or Matt's wife is having another okay. baby. So congratulations to Matt Trueblood. It's uh, a nice segue. When is that happening? It's happening in November, right? Right after the baseball season. I'm having a baby in August. You're having a baby yeah, in August. August. Alex is having a baby in August. This is <laughs> this is fantastic news. This My is fantastic parents don't know news. yet, so I'm just kidding. Oh. They, they know. Oh. I'm just joking. Oh, they okay. Totally they totally know. They better okay. know before this goes they be- out. <laughs> <laughs> they, better, they better know before this podcast it's gets good. posted. It's all good, yeah. They better know before this podcast gets posted. Um, do, so opening day. Opening day is coming up tomorrow. Um, do you all have, like, an opening day memory? Like, is there something, is there one opening day in your lifetimes, in your experience, that particularly stands out? Uh, now, I'll say this. I went to my first opening day game last season. I had never been to a Cubs opening day before, um, but I came last season, and I came with my buddy, and I'm calling him, I'm calling him, I'm calling him, I want to get in for the starting lineups, and, like, dude overslept. So I was I was pissed, because I didn't get in in time to see, like, the starting lineups and the pomp and circumstance, because that's what opening day is all about. So I'm sitting outside, uh, you know, outside the bleachers, listening to, to the PA announcer, like, ah, where are you? Um... But then you've also got like Tuffy Rhodes hitting three home runs on opening day. I remember and, that. Yeah. yeah, that's that's fun that times. Cool. And uh, and I believe there was one game, uh, uh, you know, Ron, Ron Santos toupee set on fire in the uh, in the Cubs broadcast booth. <laughs> I do not um, remember that. But I feel like I should. <laughs> uh, it was it was against the Mets, and he stood up and he got a little too close, and and all of a sudden Pat Hughes spelled smoke. No. Um, so yeah, do you guys do you guys have uh, an opening day memory? Eric, do you want to go? Yeah, I mean, it was. I think as a Reds fan, the one that sticks out for me was, I think that first the the first season Griffey was there, okay. and him coming in, and yeah, that was that's a good one. At the moment, it seemed like a, a really good thing and a really big deal, and little did I know what the next several seasons were going to look like. So, 
Uh, but yeah, at the time that trade happened with uh, with Griffey mm-hmm. coming in, just especially with Cincinnati uh, being a small market team and pulling that trade off was uh, for a kid at the time was super exciting just to have him there and and dreaming about what was coming. But it didn't end up working out like that. But mm-hmm. that opening day was fun. But so. but there was so much hope. There was a day. lot of hope. Mm-hmm. That there was day. so much hope that day and and for that season. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that's kind of opening day in a nutshell, right? Right. Because. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's the one day that every team is zero and zero. You know? That's true. Every team is zero and zero. How about you, Sorry. Alex? You know, I don't really have many vivid, uh, strong memories of opening day. I don't know if that has to do with the fact that I, I don't think my family got cable until very late in the game. So often I wouldn't even see the Cardinals on opening day. Oh. Um, one that sort of sticks out, I think 1992, um, it Depending on who you ask, the Cardinals began in either 1892 or 1882. It all depends on when you determine they were like established in the National League. But in 1992, they were celebrating their 100th anniversary. Um, they kind of finally updated their uniforms where they had actually buttoned down. Um, you know, they weren't the, the pullover, uh, kind okay. of like the 80s okay. uniforms that most teams uh, think about. And... Bernard Gilkey and Ray Lankford were uh, kind of our young stars. And I was in Todd Zeal. Um, actually, by then, I kind of thought Zeal was done. <laughs> was not good. But uh, I think I figured out if I did Zeal, it's not going to be that great. For but I was, for but uh, yeah, I was really excited about Ray Lankford and Bernard Gilkey. And so um, that was the first season in a while. Uh, they finished last in 1990. They were decent in 91. And I remember going in 92 thinking, finally, we're going to be good again. You know, this is going to be our first really good team since 1987. I don't remember who we played on opening day. I don't remember if they won or lost, but I do remember being excited when they were kicking off 1992, not only because of, like, the new uniforms and how shiny I thought they looked, and I finally thought we were, like, in the new decade with all the other teams, but also I thought we were going to be good. Mm -hmm. And if I recall, I want to say they won, like, 84 or 85 games that year. So they were okay. That's about Um, 500. I don't quite remember. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't terrible. Um... And in terms of, I've only been to one opening day, and it was last year, uh, the Nats Braves, and I really enjoyed it. I just, the pomp and circumstance of everything that's going on, like you have the bunting all around the stadium, and it really is something, no matter what stadium you're in, I think it's just a really, uh, just a really cool experience. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I I think we're... uh... We have we have three really old teams in the car, right? Because yes. Cubs, Cubs are eighteen seventy six, uh, and Reds predate the National League. Is that um, correct? That's that's correct. So they should be playing the opening game on opening day. Can I say something? Real? I just thought of something. Um, wasn't it at a Reds game where the umpire died on opening day? Um, does anyone remember that where he had a heart attack? I do not remember. All right, I, I believe it. This might have to be edited out. We find <laughs> out <laughs> like this making this up. I'm I'm pretty sure <laughs> if uh, we have fun, we can figure this out. I yeah. think an umpire. It was horrible. Um, I want to say probably in the early '90s, game mm. was about to start, and the home plate umpire has a heart attack on the field. I, you know, um, and I, I want to say it was in Cincinnati. I, I vaguely remember something like this happening, and uh, you know, this is why we have phones with internet service. Yeah. This, these are the wonders of technology. Not right a good, here. obviously, not a good story. It was, it was horrible, um, but. I, I do remember that about, like that, the Tuffy Roads. Like, there's all these little things I kind of mm-hmm. remember about opening day. April 1st, 1996. Okay. <laughs> Sherry dies in Reds opener. Okay, well, there you yeah. go. Seven pitches into the Reds opening day game. Oh, God, okay. the game started already. <laughs> so okay, so I didn't know the game had started. Yeah, it was awful. It was really, really awful. Wow. So, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just, you just brought the mood down. We were really happy. 
<laughs> although, although I guess, although I guess, all this talk of like hope is like it's the uh, the implication is dashed hope <laughs> that that opening day brings all of this hope, and then the the unspoken part of it is that you know by by mid April, by the end of April, mm-hmm. you you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whether I don't know if whether this hope is is warranted. My hope's not getting opening day. When you get Jason Marquis in twenty fifteen and you're starting rotation, you're just like whatever. It's Okay. You know, I I was feeling that way about Jason Marquis in 2007. So. And, and me in 2005. Okay. <laughs> so that's another Great. connection. So uh, so the J- so the Jason Marquis connection in this in this car in this podcast is very strong. There you go. Very I will strong. say about Jason Marquis, heck of a hitter for a pitcher. Yeah. Um, yeah. Heck of a hitter. He's in a good ballpark. For well, that certainly. Year, so. He is. He is. He is a good. He is a good hitting pitcher, and uh, he he. Uh, you know, a but but hopefully he's when, not chased from games by the time his spot comes up. Right. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. I guess that's true. And I mean, I guess you know, there's if if he was he's a good hitter for a pitcher, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's a good hitter. No. Right. No. So and, he's not. Uh, so it's not like a. So it's not even like a Brooks Kieschnick situation where you can where you can say he's he's a reliever and a a a pinch hitter because he's not good enough to be a, like a regular pinch hitter. And to be honest, like I haven't followed Jason Marquis in a very long time. Well, I neither mean, had I. I. <laughs> I was so not maybe he this. hasn't been a good hitter since he left the Cardinals. Or I know he was a pretty solid hitter with the Cubs. He was a good hitter. He was a good hitter with the Cubs. Not, I'll assume he's still a decent hitter for not, the pitcher. Not so, not so much a good pitcher, but he was a good he was a good hitter for the Cubs. Yeah. Well, stay in your lane. <laughs> Eric, Eric, do you have an do you have an opening day? Uh, oh, oh, you had your you had the Reds. Yeah, the, you had yeah, the Reds. Griffey, yeah. You had Griffey. I'm sorry. You did. Um, yeah, I sidetracked right. it with the you, umpire. So you're talking about. Old that's right. You had yeah. you had Griffey. You had Griffey. Um, if so, so open, opening day is a lot of fun, and you know I'm I'm really looking forward to. To you know, having I'm actually, I actually am kind of looking forward to having the game be at night because uh, you know because I can I can actually watch the game. Uh, like last year, I took the day off so I can so I can go to the Cubs game. Um, but then in previous years, it's like I uh, you know I I would have school during the day and I, I remember when I was a kid in school, I would have my little radio and I would like put my head down, sit in the back row, put my head down and, and listen to the game during class. I hope none of my uh, former teachers are listening to this, but. Uh, but you know that's that's what I would do. Um, so so it's kind of nice that that it gets to be at night, and I, I guess that's a good thing. But uh, you know, if if there is one thing that that you could change about opening day, or one way that you think you could make opening day better, oh, and I don't know if you can hear that right now, but they're but they're playing the organ <laughs> at Wrigley Field. The organ works. The organ works. Just let it be known the organ the organ at Wrigley Field works. <laughs> Who knows if the video board will work tomorrow? But uh, but the org we can confirm right here at uh, breaking news. Breaking news at two fifty uh, on Saturday we can confirm that the organ at Wrigley Field works. Um, if there's one thing that you could change about opening day, what would you change? This is kind of inspired by Hardball Times podcast from last year, by the way. So kudos to to the Hardball Times for uh, for this question. Well, um, I'll say something. Uh, I think it would be cool if opening day, because um, like you, Brandon, I, like last year, I took the day off to watch the Cardinals game. Well, I didn't take the day off, but I left work probably around 3 o'clock yeah. to go home and watch the Cardinals game, mm-hmm. uh, Cardinals-Reds. Um, 
I think it would be very cool if opening day was traditionally on a Sunday when everyone's home, maybe, you know, with the family or, or whatever, barbecuing, whatever you want to do, where it was just like, this is our day. This is the day that baseball owns the sports world where, and you could stagger the games. You could have a game. I'll even give Cincinnati the first game back. You could have Cincinnati, you could have Cincinnati throw first pitch at like 11 a.m., 10 a.m., whatever, and you and it could be the idea that everyone is sitting around watching baseball until they pretty much go to sleep that night. And now maybe, maybe it doesn't work as well in practice because like you know it's Final Four season. It's you got the Masters coming up. Who knows when? And so maybe this is something they've thought about. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand why they couldn't have opening day on a day when everyone's accessible to be actually watching opening day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I totally hear you. And you know what? I think the calendar doesn't always work out this way for, for NCAA mm-hmm. and, uh, right. and and MLB. But, uh, you know, this year, the the final four, the, the opening day, or at least the Sunday opening day game, it falls on the Sunday between the Final Four and the yeah, National Yeah, and, and now that I think game. about it, that's how it always is anyway, right? You got the Final Four games on Saturday and then mm-hmm. the championship game on Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got a perfect Sunday there where people are looking for something to do, mm-hmm. like me. <laughs> I would love to be just watching baseball all day. Right. I think that would be fantastic. Uh, that would be wonderful. That would be come so home from, You know, some people come home from church, baseball. Baseball. Right away. I think that would be fantastic. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, do you have a do you have a, a, a way to improve opening day? Uh, not a huge one. I like Alex's. Um, I think for me, the one thing sometimes I don't think baseball does a good job of. You've got so much room in the season. Put it in a good spot where it's going to get covered. Where what you've got now is it's kind of going to get swallowed up by the Final Four, the National Championship game. Where mm-hmm. wait a week, wait mm-hmm. a couple of days, get it off of that weekend, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and just give it some space to breathe. Where you got to ton of other stuff getting covered right now mm-hmm. um if you've got some room put it on a day that it's what's going on and people can watch and pay attention to it Qu- question yes with 162 games right could you have it a week later and still not have baseball bleed into november when we're talking postseason that's a good question no, is that what you meant by have it, have it a week later yeah, or okay. even if you know yeah just get it off the weekend where you've got one of the biggest sporting events in the country give opening day its own all right. Day, but, week to be. But why couldn't you watch basketball Saturday night? You could. Watch Here's the reality. Yeah. I liked your idea. I didn't have <laughs> so I'm not going to defend this to the death. But. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just yeah, trying yeah. to. I see what you're saying. I So my here's my thing. And it's not necessarily an opening day thing. It's like an opening series thing. And tell me, and tell me if this, this is like a bummer to everyone else but like you know I, I i don't know if i'm totally like guy on twitter with uh you know twitter fireworks for pitching the catchers <laughs> reporting but you know i i i do spend a lot of a lot of my off season thinking about uh thinking about baseball and you know following transactions and things like that mm-hmm. um so opening day really is exciting right but the day after opening day is a day off i hate that and, and like so you have this this build up build up build up opening day yes baseball is back and what's great about baseball is that it's an everyday sport right yeah. it's not you know bas- basketball is fun but uh but you know it's it's every other day for games uh right. for for football it's you know it's it's week to week right but but baseball is every day 
And then the day after opening day is a day off. And not only that, but wouldn't you want to save that day off for later in the season when <laughs> these guys are actually like, you know, it's called the dog days of September, you know, for a reason. Yeah. Like, why not save that day mm. off? You know, it's, it's it's April. These guys are ready to go. Like, let them play <laughs> 35 games in April if, if you can fit it in as far as that, you know, and, and save these days off, or at least this one. Yeah. Save this day off for later in the season when they might actually want the day off. Yeah. And even fans, you know, by that point are, yeah. are like, you know, I don't have to have baseball every day. Right. Um, you know. Exactly. No, I, I hear you. And I think, and you know, I was talking with, with one of my buddies about this uh, last year or two years ago and like trying to figure out why they do this, why they have the, the day off after opening day. And I think what we landed on was, a, you know, in case it's it's a rain out, then they can have it the next day and it can still be mm-hmm. opening day. Right. And so, so people who buy tickets for game two of the season still see game two of the season. They don't, like, luck their way into seeing opening day. Uh, right? Okay. Uh, that makes sense. But uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the, uh, with the uh, uh, I have no rebuttal, but still. Yeah. Here. yeah. I but say, still. hey, those are the breaks. If you happen to luck your way into opening day, then fine. That's not the end of the world. Like, there's no reason to not be playing baseball on that day. And, and, uh, question: The Cardinals yeah. are Cubs are playing tomorrow night. Yes. So they do play on Tuesday. They do play on Tuesday, but they right. don't play. On they Monday. don't play on Monday. They have a day off on Monday, which works out well for us because yeah. we can actually, you know, the day off when the other teams are off, we get our teams. That's to, true. To watching it, so it's then good we for can, us. Can then we can watch the other teams. Good for That's us. That's right. Good. That's good for Eric. Good for yeah, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, uh, um, what you know? Opening day in in uh, in Cincinnati. Who's who are the Reds playing this year for opening day? The I'm really embarrassed right now. <laughs> we got the other. Oh, they're playing. Uh, they're they're playing. Yeah. They're playing music at Wrigley Field right now. Yeah. Uh, they're testing out all of their speakers. They to were make bumping sure. it when I got here too. <laughs> I was gonna say pirates. It is the pirates. It so, is okay. pirates. Yep. They're, yeah, playing, yep. they're playing. They're playing pirates. Uh, who's who's going for the who's going for the Reds? Uh, they have Cueto. It's Cueto. The final year of Cueto. The final year. The final year of Cueto. Or the final three months. Um, you know, so so one of the one of the recurring things that we find for opening day is that is that there's hope for teams, and you know, I feel like. The you know the Cardinals are coming off a playoff appearance. There's definitely a lot of you know uh, the Cardinals fans are feeling a lot of hope. Um, this is this is like the first year that the that the Cubs might be back on the map. Um, so Cubs fans are feeling a lot of hope. How what is what is the hope level for <laughs> for for Cincinnati and for Reds fans this year? It's not great. Um, I think there's some feeling that. Not that they completely missed their window, but they went to the playoffs a few years in a row. Mm-hmm. You have the Roy Halladay no-hitter. Mm-hmm. You have the next couple of years of the game in Pittsburgh where mm-hmm. they all kind of choked up. And yeah, so, up 2-0 on the Giants, right? Up yeah. 2-0 on the Giants. They yeah. came back and won three in a row. So they've had their chances. Uh, like I said, the the pitching's a little iffy. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are confused about some grinding going to the bullpen. Mm-hmm. For a Jason Marquis, uh, but so he'll be pitching. Um, need that bat. The hope, yeah. if there has any, need that bat. Need that bat. Still, they still, they still hit in the National <laughs> League for now. It appears that Brian Price is going to hit Brandon Phillips seventh, which okay. we never thought would happen. So there's the hope. He's going to hit seventh. Votto's going to hit second. Uh, the lineup will make us feel a little better this year. The way it looks like it's going to be laid out. Uh, so there's a little bit, but I think there is a little bit of the dread of, man, everybody else is better. We're probably going to lose Cueto after this year. We're probably 
could lose a couple other guys, so yeah, I would say things are not overly optimistic in Cincinnati right now. Okay. okay. Can I ask a follow-up question yeah. to that? Um, I watch a lot of games in Cincinnati because, you know, the they play the Cardinals sure. about 19 times a year. Um, Cincinnati is a classic baseball town. Um, I would say if you were to list, whatever the, that even means, baseball town, but if you were to list the baseball towns in the United States, Cincinnati's up there. Like where baseball is like the, where yeah, the baseball team is right. the number one team, right? Well, I, yeah. Why has attendance been a problem? Is it just because Cincinnati metro area is just really not huge compared to a lot of other metro areas? Is this something uh, Reds fans talk about? But when I watch uh, games in Cincinnati, I'm surprised, even um, – like last year, before they kind of d- took a dive, um, when they were still right in the thick of things, I thought I was surprised uh, with the, their attendance. Yeah, I mean, I've I've read a lot about it, heard a lot about it. I don't know that I have a great because you would expect mm-hmm. um, to have a little better attendance. Uh, I mean, it's I went to my first Cardinals game last year in St. Louis. Uh, the setup's not great in Cincinnati. Just getting to the ballpark from like the the downtown area so I mean it's it's there but yeah I like I mean St. Louis it's right in the middle of downtown you can go eat walk to the ballpark it's a pretty easy setup and I mean people it is a classic we almost saw a wreck so uh, <laughs> it was uh it is a classic baseball town but people will tell you when the Bengals are good it seems like more of a Bengals town now so okay it has that reputation but in the way it plays out it doesn't actually look like uh what many people assume Cincinnati looks like so that's 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 interesting and uh you know and, and is it is it safe to say that St. Louis is also a oh, a base a baseball number one he, town? No, no question um and I'm not from St. Louis I'm from central Illinois but I, I don't think I mean people you know they're about to lose their football team I haven't followed what the latest deal is and yeah. no one cares <laughs> from what I from what I understand no one cares in fact people are like please leave um and it's and you know I might not be the best judge of this because I, I was not anywhere near there when the year the Rams won their Super Bowl mm. and I know I I can guarantee you fans were very excited you know it's a Super Bowl mm-hmm. but that's still the, I bet even while they're winning that Super Bowl, that everyone knew that was still a Cardinals town. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Blues, Blues are popular, mm-hmm. but that is a Cardinals town, no question. I mean, ninety-nine out of hundred people would say get rid of the Rams and Blues before they would say, <laughs> but keep, keep the Rams and Blues, but keep the Cardinals, but get rid of the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, that, that's it's absolutely a Cardinals town. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 interesting in Chicago because it's I, I feel like it's definitely. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not the one who feels this. I mean, you know, it's uh, you know, it's a fo- it's a football town, right? Like bear, bears are king. Bears mm-hmm. are king. When the bears when the bears are good, like everybody in everybody who's a sports fan in Chicago is really excited about it. And then and then you know, if the Bulls are good, then people are excited about the Bulls. I think I think some of this comes from being a a, a two team town because because like half of the city is really excited about the cubs or actually according to according to the facebook map it's about it's a little less than half of the city uh, uh, in in chicago proper or at least in cook county um being uh being i guess plurality white Sox country um while while we're on while we're on that fan base question real quick let me just ask did you did you happen to see the the facebook map of uh of like county-based fandom, mm-hmm. and the, I love those. Yeah, <laughs> I know they don't mean anything, but I love those. I just love to stare at them. Right, for, for right. A long time. Was was there anything about that map that kind of surprised you? Where you where you thought you know that 
that is, you know, I was, I was not expecting to see those fans there or that fan base spread so far in, in one direction or another. I think there are two teams that, that had like no counties, right? Mets. And there was yeah. one other that, that had, and the A's Bays. that had no, uh, which makes sense, no which, you know, if you've been, I've met plenty of A's and Mets fans. I love Mets fans. I don't know why, just because they have this kind of, uh, <laughs> And when I was growing up, the Mets were the king of that town, uh-huh. you know, in the 80s. Um, and if you talk to a Mets fan today, they will pretty much tell you, unless your dad was a Yankees fan, if you're our age and you grew up near that town, you're mm-hmm. probably a Mets fan. So I like kind of that chip they have on their shoulder mm-hmm. um, about their status in that city. Mm-hmm. Um, but to answer your actual question, I was surprised with the White Sox thing. Yeah. Um, I was also surprised with... I'm trying to remember, like, where the Yankees... I think Yankees were represented by black. And Utah... Like, certain states just had a lot of... And I don't know why that surprises me. They're the New York Yankees. And, you know, since baseball began, they've pretty much been the toast of, uh, you know, of the league. Mm -hmm. But I was surprised... You know, it'd be one thing to see, like, a little county that went black. But they were, like, massive areas Mm -hmm. of of blackness. You know? know? And, And that surprised me. And, um... I was also surprised, the last thing I would say, and this is probably my bias just because I live in Washington, D.C. now, and I'm around almost strictly Nats fans, and that fan base has really grown, mm-hmm. um, and and people are really excited in D.C. about the Nats, but theirs was really, really small. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was really, really small. You, you got out, it looked like 100 miles into Virginia, and you, we're talking Braves and Orioles. You know, there's something I wonder about the Nationals, and it's because... Uh, one, because they're kind of a new team, right? Mm-hmm. But also because of the kind of makeup of, of D.C. A lot of transplants. Uh, yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of people moving moving in from, from different parts. Not everybody, of course, not everybody. Um, uh, and maybe this is, a, a, you know, a, a question for Ryan uh, whenever, uh, you know, whenever we get, uh, whenever he's back. Um, but, like, is, is the sense maybe that the Nationals are, like, the second favorite team? Of a lot of people, and then and then you know these are the folks who go to games and they say you know what I really I'm from yeah. you know I'm from uh, I'm from the you know Southern California I really like the Angels but you know what right. but you know I'm in I'm in Washington and the Nationals are my number one National League. Team. Yeah, that's a good question, and I feel like I'm almost kind of qualified to answer this because I so I've been going to Nats games since probably 08, mm-hmm. um, and now mm-hmm. I have partial season tickets to the Nats. Oh, okay, and cool. When I first started going, that's exactly how it was. Mm-hmm. Everyone was kind of there because people baseball games are awesome. Yeah. Um, but most people had a secondary team. And for the people who actually grew up in that area, a lot of them were still Orioles fans. Okay. You know? Um, but the last couple of years, it's started to shift a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think that's for two reasons. One, they're good. And so yes. they're not like... As me as a Cardinals fan, they were, it's always easy to latch on to a team that you don't that you don't think is a threat, right? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, they're cute. You know, they're, you know, it'll be fun to go to some of those games. But now you're like, crap, these guys, this is like a juggernaut over yeah. here, you know? And so you don't kind of look at them as the same, like, uh, little, I don't know, little brother's the right word, but mm. kind of like, you don't, they're not harmless anymore, right, you know? Right, exactly. um, yeah, that's true. And so I still... I guess cheer for them when I go to their games. I'm mostly at the games just to watch baseball. Sure. Um, and the second reason, I think, feeds off that one, and that's just they have been winning, and a couple years have passed. Fans who have grown up there are getting older, and they're mm-hmm. actually starting to cultivate a real fan base. Yeah. And it's been kind of cool to watch. 
Yeah. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed being there while while they've been on this um, in the last couple of years while they've been really good. Cool. Yeah. I I mean I have a I have a friend in Washington. Uh, she's from Chicago, um, but she actually has uh, season tickets for the Washington Wizards. Okay. And and I think like that's that's something that is it's probably not unique to 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 baseball like people mm-hmm. people going there and latching onto this the team of the sport that they follow. I I have no. Um, uh, you know, uh, I have I have no connection to the Washington Capitals, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, I I wonder if uh, oh, but but with the but with the Wizards last season that kind of sucked because she's a Bulls fan and then the Wizards mm-hmm. beat the Bulls in the first round. Uh, so there was no cheering for the Wizards <laughs> in that series. Um, Eric, what is so you're you currently live in Lafayette, Indiana, mm-hmm. and that's that's. Not the home to professional baseball, no. uh, to, a, to a major league baseball team. Uh, what what is the what is the makeup of the fan base in, uh, or what what is the makeup of the the you know baseball fans in in uh, Northwest Indiana or in Indiana as a whole? Yeah, you get you get a pretty good mix of in all central teams because we're depending on where you are in the state. Yeah, right in the middle, probably of all three of us. Right, right. four hours from St. Louis, two hours from Chicago, four hours from Milwaukee, three hours from Cincinnati. So, and do you get Tigers fans too? Uh, Detroit. Every once in a well, while. I don't believe you see Brewers fans walking around there, do you? No, I'm saying oh, yeah, you I'm could saying, get there okay. if you needed to. But I, um, but the NL Central is very accessible to that mm-hmm. area. So uh, honestly, the farther north you get in, into Indiana, you start finding more Cubs, Bears, just mm-hmm. Chicago adopters. Mm-hmm. Um, but from like Indianapolis South, yeah, you still find a good Cubs mix. But Cincinnati's. Two just under two hours away at that mm-hmm. point, so still some Cardinals fans, some so, yeah, it's 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 in the middle enough that you can find a pretty good mix of people to. Uh, I was gonna say um, that Facebook map, Indiana was actually pretty interesting mm-hmm. because the three teams that we have represented here in the car dominated that state. I don't yeah. want to say yeah. maybe the Cubs actually had the mo- uh, the biggest part of it, but the kind of lower west corner, Evansville, and that was Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Then you had a big red spot. Um, obviously on the east side and, yep. and moving up into central Indiana. So that seems – and I, I just thought it was interesting because where I grew up in Illinois, it was very much like that, but just with Cardinals Cubs. In fact, I made sure that my county was still the right color. <laughs> of, um, and, I, and it was the last one before it turned over to before the Cubs. It turned yeah, yeah, so I, that okay. made me very happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the Cubs are moving their uh, – one of their affiliates to South Bend this go. year. Okay. Uh, That's right. Okay. And uh, But the, the Indianapolis team – uh, I always thought this was funny because they're they're called the uh, they're called the Indianapolis Indians, but they're a uh, pirates. pirates yeah. They're a pirates, pirates affiliate. And uh, I I went to my first minor league game uh, uh, this summer or last summer, and it was a it was a, a Columbus game. And Columbus is the AAA affiliate of the Major League Cleveland Indians, mm-hmm. and they were playing against the AAA. Uh, Indianapolis Indians, who are the Pirates affiliate. So I just thought that was funny because everybody there was a Cleveland Indians fan, but cheering against the Indians, but cheering against the Indianapolis Indians. Yeah, that's no, that's I would. It's it's a fun. Uh, it's a good ballpark. It's a fun. A lot of people like going to Indians games. When I moved to Indiana, it was McCutcheon's last. Okay. Little oh, bit there, oh, so awesome. I was able to see him before he got called up, and so was it known he was going to be. Uh, I think people knew he was getting called yeah. up soon, but I don't know that there was the oh, this is going to be one of the best ten yeah. players in baseball that we're watching right now. So, um, so yeah, it's fun having a AAA team that close. That if you start to get a sense that 
you know, someone's going to come back and make a rehab start, or um, it's it's open as an option for people. So that's cool. That's cool. Um, so, so imagine dragons getting you in the mood for baseball. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Just for some context, they're playing Imagine Dragons <laughs> at Wrigley Field right now. Imagine Dragons is not playing at Wrigley Field. Oh, but this could bring us to the next topic. Al- Al- yeah, Alex, you're going to the game. You're going yeah. to the game tomorrow, and the band Fallout Boy, uh, not the uh, not Radioactive Man Sidekick Fallout Boy, uh, the the real life version right. of of Fallout Boy. So Millhouse Van Houten is not going to be here, uh, nor the old man. And if I was a a, a truly hardcore Simpsons mm-hmm. fan, I. You know, I would know the name of the actor who played the original Fall Out Boy. Um, uh, they're playing. Do you uh-huh. do you plan on getting here at at four thirty to see to see Fall Out Boy tomorrow? I do not. Um, <laughs> and I, 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 Brandon, we've talked about this. We we seem to have pretty similar taste in music. Yeah, we we, like. we yeah, overlap. I've enjoyed talking yeah. music with you. Um, and I I'm not at all a hater. I don't want to come off as someone who's like, oh, if you like Fall Out Boy, you're, um, but. I'm at my in-laws, you know, we're going to be doing some nice Easter things, um, and none of it seemed important, none of it, it all seemed too important to cut out to go see Fall Out Boy. (laughs) Um, So no, I'm going to try and get here for the baseball, and to purposely miss Fall Out Boy. And purposely miss Fall Out Boy, okay, there you go. Um, I I saw on the schedule that, that, uh, that the band fits in the, Fits and the Tantrums is also going to be playing at a game later this season. Um, at the Cubs? At, uh, yeah, outside of a Cubs game. And uh, it just, you know, it's it's one of those things where um, I I was I was thinking, you know, is it is it that bands have to kind of fall really far to be playing <laughs> to be playing? Because because I didn't I don't envision Fits and the Tantrums being a band that has fallen really far because even because you know they pretty fall up? oh Ooh. damn Ooh. oh. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe that would help answer the questions. I don't know. You know what? That's that's okay. Here's here's the thing, Eric. Here's the thing, Eric. Even if you've never heard, even if you've never heard fits in the, if you don't think you've heard fits in the tantrums, you have heard fits okay. in the tantrums. I have a two and a half hour ride home. I'll find some on my phone and listen. So I'll get caught up to speed. Um, have 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 y'all ever been to a baseball game? Uh, where there has been, like, pre- or post-game musical entertainment. So I actually have an awesome story about this. Um, not a baseball game, but I was at the Winter Classic this year for Blackhawks Capitals okay. in D.C. Okay. You want to know who opened? Who opened? Billy freaking Idol. And he was awesome. <laughs> he played Rebel... I mean, he played Rebel Yo. Uh, um, you know, Hey Little Sister. Whatever. You know, whatever. He hit every single hit that he has, and he was awesome. He didn't look very good. I could see him on the big screen. Um, I don't think the years, recent years, have been kind to Billy Idol. And you know, I'm I'm not a I'm not a Billy Idol fan. I don't know uh, too much about him outside of his hits, but I really enjoyed watching Billy Idol play before the Winter Classic. It was a lot of fun. That's my only experience with um, that sort of thing. Usually, the musical event before or after a game is not appealing to me to stick around and watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not, but I'll throw my wife under the bus because I don't think she's going to listen to this. Oh, um, no. So she went to Cincinnati with some friends uh, to a Reds game, not to see the Reds game, and they went to the game as late as they could possibly get in, I think, because afterwards, John Stamos and the Beach Boys were playing. <laughs> and this was a special trip that they had looked forward to, and so she had you know, watched Full House growing up in the whole deal, 
So her big trip to a Reds game last year. The only game she went to. Oh, this was last year. Last oh, year. I thought she was like, in 1991. Or no, 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 no. Okay. 2014. John Stamos and the Beach Boys at Great American Ballpark. So I heard it was good. She took pictures. So I would have. I think I would have enjoyed that, actually. Um, yeah, I would have liked that. So it sounded she had a good time. So They played the hits. Yeah, but but then they play, but they didn't play Brian Wilson's hits, presumably. Oh, I'm thinking Coco Mo. Yeah, uh, which is a hit, and I I always enjoyed that song. <laughs> Had that on the cocktail tape when I soundtrack tape when I was little. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's kind of cool. Okay. That's, I, I think it's better Fallout Boy. So if John Stamos is here tomorrow, you'd be. Here. I would need to be. I would need the Beach Boys with John Stamos. <laughs> Even Package without game. even sans Brian Wilson, um, I would need uh, the Beach Boys. Okay. You know, there's this uh, there's this music fest in Chicago called Riot Fest that happens every year in uh, in September, and uh, I, I they've one one of their uh, one of their recurring jokes is that they they want to get uh, Jesse and the Rippers uh, <laughs> to play at Riot Fest. I'm sure they would. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they would. <laughs> I'm sure they would. So I mean. Uh, you know, and and you know, this is this is the festival that Fallout Boy headlined actually two years ago, uh, and then last year it was like it was the Cure and the National and um, awesome. uh, Jane's Addiction. That's who it was. Oh, wow. uh, and uh, but but I believe that if they were to get Jesse and the Rippers, it would be uh, it would supersede all of those bands. Do they do they actually perform outside of the sh- like? Do, no. do they, okay, I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Oh, oh! But they were on a late night show recently. I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah they I were remember on. That. Yeah, your 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 wife probably. I'm was. sure we DVR'd. It's a big deal. So, have you ever seen one of these? Uh, you know what? I I actually have have not. Um, what we have at Wrigley Field are uh are is is the seventh inning stretch where you have uh where you have celebrities and occasionally pop stars who come in and and sing. And sing the song, um, yeah. or sing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." I should specify that it's "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." They're not just coming in and singing a song in the middle of the seventh inning. Um, so, I mean, there there have been uh, bands that I have liked who have come in to do the the seventh inning stretch. Yeah. A lot of times, it's like uh, it's coinciding with Lollapalooza or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wilco did the seventh inning stretch uh, last year, two years ago. Um, uh, the Cardinals they, Cubs game, I remember. Yeah, 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 and I mean they're they're from around here, so they uh, so they're kind of you know just Actually, around. Tweedy's a turncoat. He well, grew Tweedy, up in Belleville, that's right. Illinois, which Tweedy is grew Cardinals up in Belleville. Country, yeah. And now he pulls off this. I'm a Cubs fan. You know, it's okay. I'm sure Jay Farrar is still a is <laughs> still a Cardinals fan. <laughs> probably is. If Tweedy's a Cubs fan, Farrar's probably is. So you, so you still so you still have Jay Farrar. Yeah. So just so yeah. just be happy. I appreciate just, that. Um, him and the bottle rockets. I guess. <laughs> uh, let's let's not shit on the bottle yeah, rockets I'm not, here. I'm not. I, I like that band. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, and then uh, Billy Corgan actually, or William Corgan, yeah. as he wishes to be called these days. Um, he he sang the seventh inning stretch during uh, when the Cubs were in the NLCS in '03. And uh, he also say he also does these like periodic opening day appearances for mm-hmm. for the the local um, rock station uh, when they do when you they do their opening day parties around here. So I guess that's that's my yeah. that's my comp here. Um, the you, you know the games where I go 
the you know the it's it's usually been uninteresting people singing the seventh inning stretch. Right. The the kind of people that make me say, why do they continue this tradition? Uh, well, I wanted to ask you about that because <laughs> Harry Carey died in '98, and yes. they've kind of been doing that since his death. And yes. I think everyone agreed. Like uh, the first couple of years, I thought everyone thought it was awesome, mm-hmm. um, and I still enjoy it, depending mm-hmm. on who's singing it now. Mm-hmm. Do Cubs fans are they kind of over it? Like. Uh, because sometimes it's just so tacky. Um. Sometimes sometimes it is really, really tacky. I thought, you know, there are probably a lot of times. So I don't want to say that it has hit peak tackiness because mm-hmm. because I feel like every time I feel like it hits peak tackiness, there is there is a new peak okay. to be reached okay. uh, the next time around. I think uh, I think Colin Cowherd did it, uh, did it recently, and uh, I thought that was, like, peak... Uh, you know, peak awfulness, but sometimes it's just like, you know, uh, like someone who's coming through and promoting their, uh, uh, you know, just promoting their TV show right. or promoting a, a concert or something. Um, but you know, there've been some, there've been, there were some really good ones. Like Mike Ditka rushing through it is like an all timer. <laughs> uh, Ozzy Osbourne, Ozzy Osbourne yeah. is like a, an all timer, but you know, like I always feel like it's, it's at its its best when it's uh, a former player who who goes up and does it, or, and mm. like and and really like an all timer, right? So anytime Ernie Banks would do it would be awesome. Anytime Billy Williams would do it, it's awesome. Uh, Ron Santo for sure. I think I think it's it's kind of hit a point where I want them to kind of pick someone to do it. Like yeah. there should like at at this point with with the rotating guests I'm I'm over it I you know Ron, the thing is Ron Santo was that guy you know mm-hmm. like like if if Ron Santo could be the the seventh inning stretch conductor like that that would have been the thing but he's not here anymore and Ernie's not here anymore so I I, I don't exactly know who it would be um, but. I, I kind of do wish they would, you know, find someone and stick with it. Yeah. Do you do you, do either? Is, speaking of of, uh, of team traditions that that we want that we want to throw out or not throw out, but that we want to talk about. Do do either of your teams have a particularly uh, you know a, a cool tradition that uh, that you really like? Um, Eric, we were talking a little bit before recording. Uh, Eric, the Cincinnati has a pretty uh, a pretty extensive opening day tradition, even if they're no longer the first game, right? Yeah, they do. I mean, it's still a big deal in the city, and um, I've never been able to, to go to an opening day. I mean, it's usually uh, tickets are pretty hard to come by, but uh, yeah, they, they make a big deal. There's usually a parade, and I was joking off air, this is probably the only parade they're going to have this year, but um, <laughs> yeah, they still make it. I mean, I can't think of, I go to maybe three to five games a year on like a heavy year it's just uh, mm-hmm. a little bit of a trip to get down there so uh, i can't think of too many traditions they have they have something like the kiss cam i don't know if any other <laughs> so, um, that's always fun well, uh, kiss cam what is this yeah. what is this kiss cam tell well me. let me tell you um so yeah that's about uh there's not there's no uh seventh inning stretch for uh reds games so okay sadly okay um you know, uh, for the Cardinals, I can't really think of anything offhand either. There's this thing, um, the very last home game of the season, um, the crowd sings the national anthem. And it kind of sounds like that would be cheesy. And I've never actually been there um, on that day. It's always mm-hmm. the last game of the season. The videos I've seen of it are actually awesome. 
and That's it's, cool. it's just a really it's just a thing they do every year um and what what shocks me is how good the crowd sounds like <laughs> I, mean, I think like i don't know who's singing out there if they if they brought in like plants to actually uh you know from like whatever <laughs> local you know singing group but it's always if if you ever find this on youtube it always sounds really cool um and, and i always really enjoy it that's awesome um, I think there's anything else. Uh, I know there's something I'm not thinking of that, whether it's Trish and I like or hate, um, but I know you know that's the one. That's the one I can think of offhand. That's that's actually really cool, and that sounds that sounds really awesome. The the Cubs have a, a crowd singing one too, and when the Cubs win, they play the song by Steve Goodman called "Go Cubs Go," and everybody everybody in the crowd sings it. I hate this song. <laughs> like this this if if there if there is one Cubs tradition that I could change, you know what? Let's keep the seventh inning stretch. All right, mm-hmm. keep the seventh inning stretch. Have it have it rotating. Have it people you know sh- people who are shilling their their products, their their TV shows, whatever. Just let it let it be right but please but let's let's stop go cubs go it's and like steve goodman you know is is a is a very good well-renowned folk singer was absolutely was um you know but it's but it's not even his best song about the cubs didn't he write it Uh, as kind of a not a joke but like they wanted a more positive song, yeah. so it was kind of like tongue in cheek. Yeah, 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 and uh, and and it's also no longer uh, it's it's also no longer like uh, accurate because there's a there's a line that says uh, uh, you can you can catch all the games on WGN, but not all the Cubs games are on WGN anymore. Uh, and in fact, this starting this season, none of the radio games are going to be on WGN mm. uh, either. Mm. Um, so, so WBBM actually should go ahead and commission a new a new Go Cubs Go, so that uh, maybe maybe they can get Fallout Boy to sing yeah, to yeah. sing Go Cubs Go. Um, but but my per, a personal favorite uh, Steve Goodman song, actually his his other song about the Cubs is called "A Dying Cubs Fan's Last Request," which is which is incredibly morbid, and it's like you know it's about a guy who's dying, and you know he wants to know if if the Cubs are still bad, and. Uh, the answer has been yes. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Uh, is is there we we were ta- we were talking about hope? Uh, is is there is there one thing that uh, that you guys are particularly hopeful for your team this season? Uh, let's 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 think about it outside of just. Uh, you know, overall team performance because, of course, I'm hopeful for for overall team performance for the Cubs. But is there like a specific player, a specific uh, a specific kind of uh, a, a storyline that you're that you're hopeful for this season for for your squadron? I think for the Reds, it's just health. That uh, last year, Jay Bruce and Joey Votto were both uh, banged up a good chunk of the year. Had some of their worst seasons they've had offensively. So. I think the hope a lot of Reds fans have is if everybody's healthy, um, I mean, it's not a bad lineup offensively, and mm-hmm. uh, it was challenged last year. So uh, the hope is we've had the offseason. Uh, everyone's going to come in ready to go, um, and they'll score the 15 runs a game they need to to help out Jason Marquis. So the, <laughs> the health, that's the hope. We're, we're going to be healthy. So. Going to be healthy. All right, going to be healthy. That's the ticket. Um, I, I would say mine is actually kind of similar to Eric's. Um, I'm hoping that the pitching staff stays healthy, um, but also I'm really excited. Uh, I've, I've talked about, obviously I'm very excited for Hayward, um, and that's kind of what most Cardinal fans have been talking about, but I want to look elsewhere and talk about Colton Wong. Yeah, I'm, Colton I'm Wong. really excited to see Colton Wong 
um, has that first year under his belt. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I mm -hmm. mentioned this in something I wrote that maybe I'm looking at this through the prism of the fact that in five NLCS games, he was amazing. And so mm -hmm. I think like that's going to translate mm -hmm. to an entire season, but mm -hmm. I really think I'm, I'm just, I just really think he's going to have a good year. Um, and I, I'm my hope is after this year we're gonna be like wow this is our second baseman for hopefully the foreseeable future. Yeah, that's cool. I'm I'm uh, you know what I okay so I'm a Cubs fan so obviously I don't I don't I don't wish tons of good upon upon the St. Louis <laughs> Cardinals, um, but. I really like Colton Wong. I want him to do well, and I have this kind of uh, you know Asian American kinship with uh, with other players, mm -hmm. and uh, you know and and Colton Wong, uh, I, I feel like uh, I, I I feel this this connection to him, even though he plays for the Cardinals. Um, and you know what? I want him to do well. I felt really bad about the World Series Tutplan, but you know what? He's he's recovered from it, and uh, pick off that. Yeah, yeah, and and so. <laughs> After that game, he was crying uh, while while I felt really bad. Yeah, yeah. It. While reports talked <laughs> him, he was crying, and I remember thinking like, "Is he gonna?" Which is really it sounds really dumb now, but I remember thinking like, "Is he gonna recover from this?" You know, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and I, that's it. Just made me even that much more happier for him when he hit that walk off. Even though we ended up not winning that series, and that was the only game we won of that series. But I felt like for him, it helped him kind of bury that mm. that that pickoff play um and some cardinal fans forget that we were down two runs um granted and belt carlos beltran's up so of course mm. i'm thinking come on carlos home mm. run mm. um but it's not like it's not like we had the bases loaded down one you know what i mean like it, it was still the game was still very hard to win at that point mm. now what he did was still inexcusable in mm. that situation but it wasn't like a situation that had that not happened we probably win that game like no mm. not even close and so yeah. i was just I don't know. I, 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 one thing I really like about him is he seems like he cares as much as like I do as a fan. Like, well, like when they, when something goes wrong, he seems to really, mm -hmm. he seems to really, really care. And, um, I, as a fan, I, I really enjoy and appreciate watching that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I think for, for me, for the Cubs, my, my hopes are, are all tied to uh, these young players, none of whom uh, were promoted <laughs> this week. <laughs> none of whom were making the opening day roster. No, it's not that none of them are making the opening day roster. Um, I think uh, because because uh, Arismendi Alcantara is, is making the major league roster, mm -hmm. and um, you know I, I, I really like him, and Jorge Soler is making the major league roster. So it's, it's, it's them who I'm really going to be... Uh, paying attention to for opening day, and I think so. With Soler, it's it's like you know, I, I saw what what he could do. I'm sorry, I was distracted for a second because they're they're practicing the uh, the opening lineups at Wrigley Field right now. I just heard them introduce number 22, Matt Adams, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I was just I was just distracted by that for a minute. And, Were you and, hoping he'd hear him say Chris Bryant? And I lost my show of that. Well, Ooh, no. secret well, surprise for tomorrow. <laughs> secret surprise for tomorrow. This has all been a show. <laughs> Damn. Uh, oh, oh. So, so Chris Bryant. I guess, I guess we we kind of have to talk about Chris Bryant because uh, because he was sent down. Um, and and you know I do have a lot of hope for this season uh, for Chris Bryant. Um, and you know I I want him to come up. I want him to do well. Obviously. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's gonna start. He's gonna start the year in Iowa. Um, do y'all have any thoughts about that? Like, if, if your teams had a uh, if your teams had a a player 
who who was kind of in the situation, not on the not on the forty man, um, and and you could get an extra year of team control mm-hmm. uh, at the end of it. You know, is is this something that that you would uh, you know be an advocate of as a fan? Um, I guess not as as necessarily a uh, a labor attorney or a player right. agent, but but from a pure fan perspective, how 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 does some how would something like this make you feel? Uh, um, as a Cardinals fan, I would say if the Cardinals were in that position, I would want them to do exactly what the Cubs did. Um, if I'm Scott Boris, I think he. I think. See, this is the, what's weird. I think the Cubs did exactly what they should have done, and I think Boris has said exactly what he should say. Mm-hmm. He's looking out for his best interests and yep. his players' best interests, and the Cubs. You know, we all know why he's going back down to AAA, but the problem isn't the Cubs sending him back down to AAA. The problem is that's how that's in their best interest. Like, mm-hmm. and so I don't, I don't think anyone should be mad at the Cubs and mm-hmm. I don't think anyone, you know, should be mad at Boris. I mean, yeah. he's doing exactly what you would hope your agent would be doing mm-hmm. in terms of advocating on your behalf. Mm-hmm. I, one thing I, I thought that I hadn't, that I hadn't really thought about, I was listening to a Viva Alberto's podcast and they mm-hmm. brought this up and they didn't necessarily believe this, but more brought it up to discuss it. And which was if the Cubs brass, thought that this was their year to make the playoffs. Do you send Bryant down? Like, are, basic, meaning, are the Cubs thinking, you know what, we're probably still only an 83, 84-win team. Mm-hmm. Let's just, it's we're in the best interest. Let's send him down, get that mm-hmm. extra year of cost control. If the Cubs think, you know what, we might be able to win 90 games this year if we have Bryant for mm-hmm. all 162. Mm-hmm. Does he go back down? And no. they and they didn't necessarily say like you know absolutely. Um, they were more just bringing that up as a topic of discussion. Yeah. But I thought that was an interesting thing to, I don't know, wonder yeah. about. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the Cubs did the right thing. Um, I was listening to Dave Cameron on the drive up here on a Fangraphs yeah. uh, podcast where he talked about you know with <laughs> with uh, <laughs> looks like some guy in the parking lot just spit on his shoe or something. Spit right. on I thought, his, shoe. I thought he was getting sick. I'm sorry. There's been a lot of interesting things to watch. <laughs> uh, you know, two weeks of games in the grand scheme of things uh, probably isn't going to make a huge deal. You want the extra mm-hmm. year service time. Mm-hmm. Luckily, you picked up Tommy Listella to fill in any holes. Oh. While, uh, <laughs> ah, yes. Ah, yes, Tommy Listella. play anywhere. Um, <laughs> and so, so, yeah, it's it's two weeks. His idea was if you really wanted to, to make this harder on teams, um, which the players would have to give up something, make it like a, a June first deadline instead of that mm. ten to thirteen mm-hmm. days of service like, time that's thing. An excellent so, point. I never thought. Yeah, you know, if the Cubs had point. to, if he had to stay down until June first just to happen, he's probably up playing, and so uh, yeah, they'd have to give something up as well. But um, I mean, that would be the change. It would make it a little more interesting in terms of bringing guys up, sending them mm. down, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I, I think this is one of the things that kind of has been brought up is the like the place that this sort of thing, uh, this sort of maneuver is going to have in the next uh, in the next round of labor negotiations. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I honestly don't think this is going to end up being like a sticking point for for anything. I kind of think it's just gonna like this is going to happen with Bryant, and then it'll kind of go by the wayside. Especially uh, once games actually begin. Like I I can't imagine anyone talking about this in June right no yeah no one's gonna care because Bryant will be up and then nobody's you know I could I could see it happening if the Cubs finish one game one game out of anything if they finish one game out of anything then then people say oh my god what if Bryant was in (laughs) you know that that one game that they lost by one run against the Cardinals you know but that's that's not gonna happen um 
Okay, we're we're pushing. Uh, wow, we're pushing. We're pushing an hour here, you guys. It doesn't. It feels like no time at all has has passed. Um, do y'all have any have any final thoughts? Any uh, any any uh, just anything that is on your mind, uh, baseball related or not? I'm gonna. I'm. It can. It can just be anything. Your your thoughts on on anything that we have seen, uh, any one we have seen walking by in this <laughs> McDonald's parking lot. I'm glad you opened this up. This really <laughs> okay. I've seen several people, and I, I don't shop for clothes in stores often because I can't find pants long enough in the store. But let, let, let the record show. Let the record show. Eric Eric is six seven. Um, so I'm sacrificing a lot of legroom in his back seat <laughs> so Eric can have optimal space sitting shotgun. So Eric, Eric is a very Eric is a very tall man. So not not unlike very tall man in The Simpsons. Um, but but he I presume he also drives a regular sized automobile. Anyway, please Eric continue. So this this trend of joggers for guys, I don't know if you've thought about this much, which is uh, the pants, look, it's like sweatpants, which I'm down with, but then it's a tight cuff at the bottom that comes up just uh, a little below the calf. It's below the calf. It's not capris. Okay. Uh-huh. But I don't, I feel like you're taking the comfort of the sweatpant and ruining it with the restrictions of this elastic band. And it seems to be a very popular trend among certain men walking around in Chicago right now. So it's bothered me this entire time. Can you point this, glad. I haven't seen it, can you point this out? Yeah, I could, you know, here's the thing, yeah. I, could, I could imagine this being very uncomfortable. Because as someone, <laughs> as someone who, uh, as someone who enjoys his sweatpants, right, as someone who enjoys wearing sweatpants, mm-hmm. um... You know, I, I feel like I, I have, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't always like having the elastic around the, around the ankle area. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think the, the jogger material, you know, if I'm jogging, you know, I, I, I don't think I want the cuff. I think I want the, the freedom of the, the movement, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And don't think like when you were in second grade, that kind of, this is like a thick, this is a fashion statement. This is, I'm intentionally wearing this because it's supposed to look good. And uh, I've just been mad this whole time. So. <laughs> That's what I have to think. All right. Or say, or whatever. Man, I don't know what to say to Paul. <laughs> I, I haven't been watching people as much as I should have. Um, I keep looking over at my car to make sure it's not getting towed. Um, so I think that's kind of distracted me. Uh, well, yeah, no one's breaking into it. Right, there you go, that too. Um... Alex, you're in Chicago this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than other than the Cubs game, uh, what's what's one awesome thing you're going to do with your with your family? Um, so last night, actually, I went to the Bulls Pistons game with my Ooh, brother-in-law, um, my father-in-law, and also a very good friend of uh, my in-laws' family, and it, nice. it was a excellent time. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, being in their company, and it's also my nephew's three-year-old birth uh, three. Uh, birthday today. He turns three, uh, and as soon as this is over, I have to hurry home for his party. <laughs> um, and it's going to be a rocking party. That's awesome. What, um, did, what did you get him? I gave him cash. <laughs> <laughs> you gave a three-year-old cash. He, he I, so I, I gave him a dollar bill, and he was like... You gave him one dollar? <laughs> three! <laughs> my my wife took care of the main presents. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> she's, she's much okay. better at that than I am. But I gave okay. him a dollar, and he he's super smart. He says... Um, is that Abraham Lincoln? And obviously it's not, but the fact that he even knew to rattle off Abraham Lincoln, that's and awesome. I said, no, that's George Washington, but that's awesome of you for even saying, is that Abraham Lincoln? Yeah. But, um, no, you know, I'm just trying to do as much as I can. I used to live here. I love Chicago. Um, 
Yeah, just trying to do as much as I can with the family and with friends, old friends here, um, before I have to head back. But definitely looking forward to Wainwright shutting the boys down. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I hate the Cardinals. <laughs> you know, me too. Me too, Eric. Me too. But you know, I don't. <laughs> No, no, speak freely. Please speak freely. I honestly... It has been an honor to be in the car with the best fans in baseball. And I'm just privileged to be here. Well, I hope you all learned something. Um, I do want to say something. I thought of something when you brought up the Washington Wizards earlier. Okay. And I'll tell you you why why it made me think of this. Because I go to Wizards games. I live in D.C., so I go to Wizards games um, every so often with a buddy of mine. Mm -hmm. And the Wizards announcers... um, the stadium announcers. The, yeah, yeah, the I'm sorry. The stadium announcers, yeah. as they're announcing the team, they say, stand up, best, uh, you know, the, the NBA's greatest fans, and salute your team. And now, obviously, I have no idea how to measure, um, you know, greatest NBA fans or quantify that, but I know the Wizards are not it. Um, because <laughs> the stadium is usually very empty, um, and it's often with a lot, even when they're kind of good like this year, and often with a lot of fans of the other team. But... And, but if the Cardinals were to do that, say, hey, in which they do, every team does that. If, but if the Cardinals say, hey, be, uh, MLB's best fans, stand up and salute your team, that would dead, be a blah, like... It's, it's going to be a deadspin post. Oh, yeah, exactly. And so, like, I feel as though, like, anytime there's, like, Cardinals news, like a, uh, like... Matt Holiday saves three children from a burning fire. They'd be like, oh, he's the best saver of children in baseball. You know, like, it's just so overwrought and tired and worn out. And Wait, he just he just saved the children, though? He didn't he didn't go back for the washing machine and the dryer and the cats and the couch? Good, yeah, good, yeah, good. yeah, he's good. pretty. I was like, for my hate of the Cardinals, I really enjoyed going to that stadium for the first time last year. It's a fun spot to watch a game. Although right behind me, I was sitting by myself, uh-huh. was a what seemed to be a college student with a group of international students. Ten of these international students who had no idea what they were watching. And so I listened to three hours of, that is first base. <laughs> They're going to hit the ball and run there. And he literally, for nine innings, got up and gave demonstrations, acted things out. <laughs> And it just added to the charm. That's so. great. Well, right? you know what? When you have when you have a representative of the best fans of baseball, they're not just they are not just an ambassador of 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 you know the school of the of uh, of the Cardinals. They are an, an ambassador of the game, and therefore they have to uh, you know they they have to give them the the best fans in baseball. Treatment. Look at that introduction. Look at that ten new bi bfi beers right right like that. You know, it's a great way to initiate them into our tight circle of fans. But no, my my point is, every team should call their fans the best fans because that's what you do when you're a a professional sports team. You say, "Hey, Padres fans, thank you for another awesome year from the world's greatest fans." You know, like. I feel like every team does that. Now, I'm not denying there isn't, you know, um, obnoxious Cardinals fans as there are obnoxious fans of every large, passionate fan base. But I just think it's getting out of hand.
<laughs> Wait, the the making fun of Cardinals the fans making is fun get, of Cardinals okay. Fans. That's I, not, I, not Cardinals fans. Cardinals fans are not oh, getting no, out of hand. No, no we're we're getting, making, be, we're getting better. Uh, <laughs> I've confessed my sensitivities to this before, so I don't mind saying it again. Like I sh- I don't have like I I will fully admit that my sense of humor on this topic actually I think it's pretty good, but, <laughs> but sometimes they good. do rub me the wrong way, like those dead spin posts. Um, I I was like, goodness, is like. He totally misses the point, and I'm like, why am I even reading this? Why am I doing this to myself? Um, that's all. <laughs> that's all. Uh, we just, I just saw, I just saw the first, uh, my first John Lester jersey walk by oh. um, a minute ago uh, while uh, while Alex was talking, and you know what? That that has really gotten me excited for the season. And now these folks just got out of their car to take photos of the of the construction of uh, of of Wrigley Field being uh, effectively. Uh, rebuilt almost um, and uh, you it's know very symbolic it's 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 very symbolic the, yeah. Cubs, the Cubs are rebuilding more than just their team right. you guys oh, they're, that is good. they're you know this is this is a a total total change for for this organization that that once uh, said that they cared not for for silly things such as farm systems uh, <laughs> and and now they're uh, you know we're we're coming back. We're you know what, Brandon? I would yes. say also. I know they've they're catching a lot of crap for the renovation uh-huh. spilling over, which they should. Yeah, that's well, that's it's a very it's, it's a very cub way of doing things. It's, I think. <laughs> it's gonna look fantastic, don't you think? By when it's all said and done, like it, it might it's gonna lose a little charm. Mm-hmm. You know that video board. Um, I, but come on, it's it. it you have to update. You know. You know. What I mean. I think it's gonna look fantastic yeah. when it's all said. You know what? And, and I, I think. I think. It, I think it will too. And you know what? I, I think one of the things that gets lost a little bit uh, about Wrigley Field is that it changes all the time. Like, or or over the years, historically, it's changed all the time, right? So there, the let, let's just the bleachers themselves weren't always there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So like the. And just but, like six years ago, they sort of changed the bleachers. A right, bit. exactly. Yeah, yeah. They they added more to the bleachers, and then look, hey, they just tore them all down. So when you're all watching on ESPN later, the there there will be no bleachers. The wall is there, but the the bleachers themselves will not be there. But uh, the center field scoreboard will still be there, and the uh, the the left field jumbotron should be working. It's huge. It's a giant. Uh, it's it's a it's really a big jumbotron. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe you'll enjoy it. I mean, I don't know. You'll you'll see highlights. You know, back, one of the one of the kind of fun things about seeing a game at Wrigley Field was that it it required you to pay attention almost, especially if, not almost. It did require you to pay attention because you weren't going to get a replay of anything <laughs> um, unless you're sitting unless you're sitting far back enough. You could see one of the TVs that, that are from the overhang. Um, but. Uh, you know, it's 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 gonna look really nice. It's gonna it's gonna be a modern ballpark. They're redoing the the locker rooms too, and uh, this piece of land actually yeah, right here that we're that we're sitting in front of, uh, I believe it's gonna become a hotel. Oh, interesting. Uh, and yeah. that's and that's where they're gonna move. It's gonna be a hotel. They're gonna be storefronts, and they're gonna move a lot of the office spaces there um, that are currently in the stadium itself. And actually, where we are right now, the McDonald's. Um, this actually, you know, no, never mind. That area is supposed to be the 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 offices, and then this area is supposed to be a hotel. Uh, one of the one of the uh, part of the agreement for buying this this uh, piece of land, from what I recall, is that uh, the McDonald's, on, as a condition of selling it, 
uh, demanded that a McDonald's be included in the development. So Is that right? Okay. So uh, so there was still there will still be a McDonald's uh, mm-hmm. in this property. So don't so don't worry. McDonald's. So don't worry. Uh, when for, banished to the pen fans want to visit. <laughs> when banished to the, the pen fans. Of... <laughs> this is where. So you know, uh, are, do either of you play uh, the Legend of Zelda? I so or, I played Wind Waker. I played uh, Wind Waker. Wind Waker. On, okay. Um, game. I think that was on GameCube. On GameCube. Um, okay. That was yeah. the last one I played. Okay. Uh, so in in the Ocarina of Time, uh, God, <laughs> I, the story the story goes that uh, the three. The three goddesses who created the world, they they exited the the world at a point, and they left the the Triforce there, right? And uh, and uh, you know this, and that's like the there's it's like the holy symbol and like the holy spot. And uh, I don't I don't want to get too sacrilegious here. Uh, Eric is a man of God, so I don't want to so I don't want to so I don't want to get too I don't want to get too sacrilegious here. Um, I'm curious to where this goes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just run with this. But but I do think that that from this point forward. Um, you know the 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 pilgrimage for banished to the pen listeners as they <laughs> as they or for banished to the pen uh, contributors writers folks in the Facebook group people who read the website uh, you know when they when they come to Chicago for a baseball game whether it's a Cubs game or a Sox game uh, they they will come to the McDonald's across the street from Wrigley <laughs> Field and they'll they'll take a photo here and they'll say you know what this is where the first in person banished to the pen podcast was recorded. Amen. That's a fitting end. Yeah. That's a fitting end. All right. So I'm gonna we're, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, until next time, uh, you know, be uh, be good to each other. All right. Baseball time is here.